Ingram Smith, Bud Elliott, back again for another episode of the Nolcast. Damn, if that wasn't a hell of a weekend, bud. I know that's probably not how I had planned on starting the podcast, but my lord. Florida State 24, LSU 23. Uh, we won't do like a full game review here. It's been a couple days. Uh, we'll certainly hit on some high notes. Uh, notice, you know, if we think there was something different or unique that we've noticed in a rewatch or something like that. Uh, but just want to thank everybody for legitimately one of the better three days of my life. So that was just a whole hell of a lot of fun, a fan base that was, you know, starved to go and be involved in a big game, big atmosphere. And I couldn't have been more impressed with just Florida State's overall showing. So just an absolute bonkers good time. And uh, we'll get into the show here, but wanted to start the conversation with a legitimate thank you uh, to to everybody that was out there and uh, just the Florida State fan base in general. That was amazing. Great showing. Shout out to the students. I don't know if you talked to uh, as many as I did, but there were tons of kids out there who were like, no, I don't have tickets. I just wanted to come to New Orleans, have an awesome time. I'm like, well, you you probably will, young man. You probably will. So uh, awesome. Let's do it. Here it goes. Uh, this will be the null cast. I mean, what a weekend. Mad- Madison Social just absolutely took over the, the bar crawl scene, unofficial, I think. Uh, but the, I don't know if the bars knew they were coming. And when we got to the carousel bar and it was like fire hazard packed, I was like, okay, this is uh, this is going to be interesting. Uh, shout out to, to Matt for hooking us up there. And uh, next year in my town, Orlando, I think we'll have to do a null cast bar crawl and uh, we'll have a whole year to plan it. Should be really dope. Um, yeah, man, just the, the fans were absolutely incredible. I, I thought uh, just like you think in that dome, LSU is going to have such a big advantage. And I really don't think there were that many more LSU fans there. And it was probably 45, 55, 40, 60. It, was, it wasn't 80, 20. No, no, FSU no. Fans no, were, no pretty, it was, were plenty loud. Yeah, I, I don't think it was uh, any more than 45, 55, if that. I mean, I was sitting right kind of on one of the uh, the uh, barrier sections. There were a few LSU fans in there, but uh, that's as 50-50 as a, a stadium could be. Truly a neutral site game and a non-neutral site city uh, and just exceptional. Uh, amazing experience. So, um, yeah, the, I mean, every, everything from – driving on I-10 and seeing how many Florida State fans were, were also headed west uh, when I got to the same bar call that, that you did about 20 minutes behind, I think, each step that you were at. Uh, it was it was ridiculous, impressive. And the, the, um, the rain pushing everybody inside made it like an additional blank show, mm-hmm. right? Because you have all these people who are not even part of the bar crawl who are going inside the nearest bar because of the lightning storm. And it's like, oh, my gosh, okay, like this is going to be capacity really everywhere. Got, got Got to run around with, with Shannon, and that was and, and his wife, and that was incredible. Um, by the way, two things. One, I do want to say, and we'll talk a little more about this later. If you missed our post game instant reaction show, it is on YouTube. Okay, we did it from the lobby of the hotel where the team was staying, the, the New Orleans Marriott, and it is an absolutely epic show. I wish I could have gotten on Ingram's level there, as far as just just how much celebrating where I had to get up and do, you know, cover three and TV and some radio work in the morning. We did not put this on the podcast servers because when you're doing something live and you're doing with fans, 
sometimes people could jump in in the background and say things that are uh, like, I'm sure all of y'all have heard them before, but we don't want to get the explicit tag on Apple. So that's why if you haven't watched it, I think you'd, you'd probably be pretty well served to go back and watch it. It really was a lot of fun. It was a unique event. We're not planning uh, on doing Ingram hammered, you know, and Bud, like Buzz Bud hammered Ingram uh, every uh, every post game. It's probably not going to be oh, a strategy. No. But that, also, was, that was really hell, hell of fun, man. Hell of fun. I, it was aided in the fact that I got back there about 20 minutes before you did. And as we've discussed, it's hard to tell people, no, like, I'm not going to have a shot with you or whatever. Probably should have turned down a couple of shots during that window. Um, also, it was and Shannon's fun, buying. Man. Shannon's buying. True. Do, do, but, do we tell people the alternate plan? I don't, I don't even want to acknowledge it. I will just say <laughs> that y'all... I've done some of the most soul-crushing, depressing, instant reaction podcasts that I could ever imagine over the last three or four years. If you don't think I'm going to have a good time in New Orleans after an incredible win, relatively speaking, got a little nervous there at the end, um, you're wrong. And uh, just candidly speaking, this is Bud and I's operation. We don't have to answer to anybody. It was a hell of a lot of fun. I wouldn't change anything. So. Well, we do answer to our sponsors who were literally sitting at the table with us as, as we broadcast, loving every minute. Yeah, so I, I felt like that that was pretty good approval there uh, and, and the likes and generous donations from the people in the super chat. That was no, uh, super chat. Wow. I kind of clumsily turned that on the day before. I, we, we still don't know what we're doing with that, y'all. So I apologize if we missed you. Very sorry. Like my man, Cedric, uh, you're, you're the man. I appreciate it, man. Not only a great supporter in the super chat got a home loan through shannon as well uh so a a, a p1 supporter of the null cast and it is greatly appreciated and everybody else uh that supported us thank you very much i'll also say the trip to new orleans was incredibly fun also very expensive and uh your money will go towards uh helping us make other trips like that possible in the future so you know who else made a trip hakeem williams hakeem williams absolutely Let's revisit the prediction, bud. I, I've got my own prediction to give, but, uh, you know, look, it certainly appears Florida State's in as good a position as they possibly could be with that kid. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought if you if you had a winning record, right, after LSU and Louisville, you'd get the kids verbal commitment. Now, you still got to hold on till the end, but I'm not changing my opinion now. Yeah. I think FSU has a pretty good shot to have a winning record there, given that they already have two wins. I do. I think math works on our side there. I do think you're going to get a commitment from Hakeem Williams. Um, I think you're going to have to fight Jimbo Fisher uh, tooth and nail. Jimbo Fisher has made this a personal priority of his. LSU, or excuse me, LSU. Um, <laughs> LSU last year had Jimbo not backed himself into a corner perhaps. Uh, but Jimbo Fisher has taken over this recruitment personally. Texas A&M might have botched one or two things in the early stages of it, but it's Fisher's baby, and Fisher knows how to recruit that part of the world as well as just about anybody out there. So uh, I think you're doing great. I think you're in as good of a place as you can. I think you're going to get a very solid and exciting verbal commitment, and then you're going to have to battle a brown jacket down to signing day. So better no better place it. to be in than uh you know sitting outside the top four or something like that certainly now, now look AM's receiver or excuse me the the receiver development in jimbo's offense has been like atrocious over the last decade if you look at the number of blue chips signed versus the number of drafted that the ratio is, is is terrible i mean it's it's 
one of the absolute worst out there for any offense that has you know, been around for 10 years and is signing you know, 10 or 20 blue chip receivers. But they do have two pretty good ones this year in Evan Stewart and Marshall. And there's a chance that those guys are going to ball out, right? And, they're, and A&M can hold that up and say, hey, look at these freshmen in this offense doing things. Because they, they definitely did some things last Saturday. That would be a market difference from what has gone on in that offense, really, you know, since you've had to use like Dwayne Bow uh, to, to sell things. And kids nowadays are like, who is Dwayne Bow? Yes. Right. Like absolutely. they weren't even born. Um, yeah. Like that, that, that's for Hakeem Williams to be there for your receivers to make big time plays, wh- whether it was Wilson making, you know, I, I know he had the early drop and you know, he had that nice catch over the middle. Obviously, Pokey <laughs> doing his thing with, with, with the one hander, giving your guys chances to make one on ones. Hell, look, the, the misconnection with, with Pittman in the end zone is still a, Hey, fourth down money down. We're going to throw it up to our receiver type thing. Now I'm sure Mike Morrell did that because they were trying to win the game and they thought that was the best strategy in the moment, but it doesn't hurt that they went to receivers and one-on-one coverage repeatedly. And, uh, and, and sometimes in this game, it worked out with, with some really exciting catches. So, uh, you know, Norvell post game had to be pretty, pretty excited about how that game plan uh, worked out for them. Uh, you know, what else is really excited about this. The guys who run the boosters, President mm. McCullough, right? Uh, uh, I mean, your, your athletic director, everybody, because they've had to kind of you know, squeeze blood from a stone, man. You know, when it comes to fundraising, it's all like, oh, like hope and this and that. But having like an actual win that you can sell off for a couple of weeks is nice. So maybe LSU ends up being terrible and, and you can't sell this win five months from now. But in, in the now, people are pretty excited. Like they, they've not, we've not seen energy like this from FSU's fans in quite some time. Very, very excited. And I just as the one of the first people I thought of when I saw that kid from Jackson, uh, Jacksonville State go in the end zone last year, my thoughts immediately went to Matt Harris or Matt Harris, uh, to Matt Thompson. And not just Matt Thompson, I'm speaking metaphorically there. I'm speaking of all the people in Tallahassee who run a business and need for Florida state, not to lose to teams like <laughs> Jacksonville state. Um, the same, there's the same people I thought of when, when they won that game, obviously you got a bye week you're traveling to Louisville. There's going to be a little time before you can immediately reap these awards as far as a, uh, you know, an in game or an on-site game. Uh, but still for this fan base, not to have its teeth, genitals and hopes kicked in, in the first two or three weeks of a season, it's a nice change, right? I mean, it's, it's nice to dream, We've got a question tonight where a guy's talking about Jordan win the Heisman. All right, you're getting a little ahead of yourself there, but it's great to be able to do that rather than talk about, you know, hey, uh, what are we going to look like in three years after another rebuild or something like that? So it's brilliant. Don't want to belabor the point too well or too much, but look, you sent 50,000 people to New Orleans, 30 to 35,000 of them had tickets. Don't think that that doesn't get recognized by people in Rosemont, Illinois or Birmingham, Alabama. I'm referencing the home of the Big Ten and the SEC there as well. This was a a massive statement that Florida State is a big damn program. There's there's probably not but about ten that could do something like that. Um, and when they're engaged, and it doesn't doesn't hurt that your your game drew seven point six million people on TV either. Um, that's it's quite the reminder that the logo still matters. To uh, to paraphrase someone on Twitter, one hundred percent. All right, so FSU, obviously a great pick for a conference. Another great pick is Prize Picks. I do a sponsor Prize Picks. I'm wearing the Prize Picks hat tonight, so you know they paid us some good coin because it could get me to wear a sponsored hat. 
No, but really, like guys, we do turn down quite a few sponsors if we don't feel like it's the right people to work with. You know, we, we've been approached by other people in this space before, and just asking around, I didn't love the business practices of, of, of some other folks. Prize Picks, I feel like, has a good reputation. That's one of the reasons why we decided to go with him. And we had some near misses this weekend. We we were in New Orleans, living it up. We wanted to go with the power play, go for the 10x, and our the power play that we put together actually came really close, man. Like we we had some. We had some near misses here, and uh, you know I'm, I'm the the one, the one we put together and, and, and tweeted out. Micah Pittman to catch four balls, he caught three. I did not anticipate Pookie Wilson catching what he catch seven. I didn't. I didn't see Pookie having the day that he did. No, and Micah Pittman, if you just maybe I disagreed with the idea in general, but still would have loved you to catch the ball on a corner route and would have taken care of that one and the next one as well. Uh, but hey, you know, uh, can't complain too much. The other one that I'm referencing here is we had Jordan Williams or Jordan Williams. Maybe I'll get some kids' names right tonight. We had Jordan Travis with 23.5 fantasy uh, a score of 23.5, and he got 21.5. Again, maybe you catch a corner out. Maybe you don't pitch the ball. And you just have the quarterback run a sneak at the end of this at the end of the game. Uh, but you know, certainly the sentiment as to would Jordan. <laughs> perform well and would he uh, show some of the progress that we had seen uh, and talk to those on the staff about was absolutely there just didn't completely translate to a fantasy score number that that we thought was attainable Jaden Daniels under 239 he only had 209 so that that was a hit for us on that and then uh, JT more than 41 yards rushing he had 31 uh, if he breaks off one more I, I think we're I think we're probably pretty good there uh, Overall, like I don't feel terrible about any of those, and I would fire that. I would fire that combo again, especially getting ten x on that. And uh, we will have some more picks for you coming up for this weekend. Granted, she doesn't play since that is the bye week, so we will tease this uh, coming out tomorrow. Uh, we will have sort of a weekend preview slash look around FSU's conference opponents uh, and just the remaining schedule because we'll, we'll talk a little bit of ULL and a little bit of Gators in, in that one. As well, we'll make some prize picks for that weekend. And Ben from Prize Picks actually texted uh, and let me know that there is a special uh, prize picks, essentially free square uh, that y'all can have if you are interested in this. Let me pull this up to make sure that I read. You got your, your Tom Brady half yard rushing. You got it too. Okay. Rushing half yard passing, uh, free square. And, half yard passing. Uh, I feel like Tom Brady can get feel like that'll get there and if it that is an endorsement uh, that would be hard to hard to exactly make sense of but yes so you do promo get a free code. square there oh sorry is it no cast or no cast promo code no cast no cast yes. thank you promo so. code no cast you get your 100 percent deposit match up to 100 dollars. it's pretty awesome just download the app i i enjoy playing with it it's a good time like it's not you know I'm not dropping thousands of dollars in, in, in the app every night, but it is a good, you, you, you know, throw a little, little 20 buck shots at this makes watching some games more entertaining. The combos really get pretty, pretty exciting. Once you hit three or four and you're rooting for that fourth to hit, that's uh, that's pretty exciting. So prize picks, download the app, promo code, no link will also be in the description. Fantastic, man. What is uh, not so great is we need to just touch on this real quickly. To be honest with you, this was a concern of ours as of, uh, I think Tuesday last week. Bless Harris out for the year. You're two weeks in. You've lost, uh, you know, when, when you look at the uh, Wisconsin transfer, you've lost two kids that you thought would potentially be starters for you. 
you know, are you, <clears throat> yeah, does it matter? Absolutely. Does it matter? Are you in like a desperation mode? Not yet, but you can't really sustain more than one, maybe two at most uh, along the offensive line, or you're kind of back to where we were a year or two ago. Uh, but yeah, this hurts. I mean, this is disappointing. Unfortunately, this is where I thought that the news was going and uh, had it uh, really, you have it confirmed when the kid walks out on the field on, on Sunday in a sling, but had it or officially we saw him confirmed. Friday in the hotel. Yeah. Or yeah, Saturday had it in the hotel. Yeah. Officially confirmed by, uh, by Mike Norvell after practice today. You know, and, and obviously like there's sometimes, you know, stuff and you're not going to like just tweet it out there, you know, necessarily. Uh, I, I'm not pl- implying that we're the only ones who knew that. I'm, I'm pretty sure the whole beat uh, knew that. FSU has a pretty uh, pretty liberal practice policy as far as being able to go and, and watch practices. They just uh, they don't want you to address injuries if they're not if Norvell doesn't ad- address them. And you know, for the most part, I think we you know we, we generally try to abide by that. So uh, best wishes to bless Harris for his health. Obviously, it does kind of explain why he was so bad for the last twenty minutes of that game against Duquesne after being okay, uh, you know, prior or last twenty snaps, if you will. Um, but yeah, man. Like I, uh, you know, I looked at this, and FSU's got a shot to win ten, 10 plus games now. I'm also not real happy about how thin they got on the offensive line this quickly. Like mm-hmm. the range for them, you know, preseason we said what, like anywhere between you know, four and eight and ten and two is within mathematical possibility and like 11 and 1 12 and 0 is really unlikely and three and nine like you're probably just a, a crazy person hater type guy i think four and eight's really unlikely now and i still think 12 and 0 is un- unlikely but if you stay perfectly healthy and some of these other teams that you play don't hit their ceiling you could you could win 10 11 games but you're going to need to stay really healthy now because now it, you are you are scraping it yeah. that barrel yeah. uh and that's going to be tough like like you, you you need to stay healthy it's very important i mean turrentine didn't play that bad though i will say like i thought he was admirable for how he got in there <clears throat> him showing up to camp in shape very important yeah. you know like imagine if he didn't show up in shape he got, he got benched in south carolina for a reason you know yeah that was big yeah. Jazz played well. You've got some pieces you can move around. Uh, it'd be interesting to see how this works out. Uh, but yeah, you know, you, you've you've played your two injury mulligans in the first two weeks, and that's a that's not what you want to do. So um, one more thing, just when we're kind of speaking in in generalities, and we're not like a big uh, you know, like we don't talk about stuff like this the whole time. I do want to give a shout out to the marching chiefs like that. That was one of the more ridiculous band performances that I've seen. It was great to see just how much energy those kids had everything from when they ran out on the field to uh, some of their song selections throughout the night. It was awesome. College with bands is one of the things that makes it uh, uniquely enjoyable. And the chiefs were in rare form last Sunday. So I, I did want to mention that real quickly. That They, they were really, really awesome. And they, they, they were, they were better than LSU's band. I thought, you know, mm-hmm. and LSU's got, got a damn good band as well. And that was, uh, that was just really, really exciting to see. Um. All right. You want to talk to? We moved to some of our general takeaways from the game. Things that jumped out at us and and rewatch some of the things that we can talk about that we're fairly confident are going to be true, at, despite only being you know one game, one real game. Y'all, I'm really 
I don't even think I'm going to reference the Duquesne game at this point moving forward. There's not a whole lot you can take from that. I'm having to filter it all out of my stats. I'm like, wait a second. They did not play this coverage this amount of times. Like, oh, it was Duquesne. Okay. Yeah. We're we're at game one, uh, and it it is like the human want and something that both of us actively try to fight is to not take away too much from the limited sample size, the limited data set that you can. Um, At the same time, I do think there's some things that you can be fairly confident that you can bank on uh, with this team moving forward. And most of these are positive. And there's one or two things that I think have stood out to me that uh, I'm I'm not trying to be negative, but you're going to need to address or or get an answer for. Yeah, there's no doubt about it, man. Um, Jordan Travis, I think, had his best game overall. Uh, LSU did try to scheme to take away his legs as much as possible and to take away the run game. And and we discussed this on on, on the pre-show. you would need if they did do so. You would need to find ways to throw the football, and I, I thought he did a really nice job. It it's not like FSU's receivers were getting wide open, right? I mean, you had some guys who got open. They were not consistently destroying LSU's defensive backs. You know, they, they, I mean, they created were, some space in the middle of the field, which Jordan yes. took advantage of. Love that. Love some of the plays Jordan uh, made on the run. Uh, I. And some of this, I think, is just how you process and remember things. Uh, I think some of his best throws of the night were the ones that were dropped. I mean, uh, the ball to the Cam, ball, the ball to Cam is as good of a oh. throw as George as you're ever. And I know, I know that's not, and I'm not like <laughs> the throw to to Pookie is is great, uh, or to Pokey's great. But like a, a lot of quarterbacks can do that. Um, the ball to McDonald that he drops, and I understand he's, you know, he's late seeing it, uh, but that is. An absolute. I thought you were going to say here in footsteps, but yeah. uh, he could have been. But he, he was also shielded, and I don't think he saw the ball uh, as as clearly as he could have. I still need you to catch it. Um, but uh, man, some of the throws, even the throws to um, on the third and four, where they take a deep shot with Pokey, uh, and he just gets nudged out of bounds. Pokey's got to do a little bit better job there of uh, of giving him a target that he can throw to. But that's still a hell of a ball, uh, and Jordan. Uh, I can't, I can't talk uh, how I can't be appropriately uh, effusive in my praise as to how good he was. The jump pass. I don't want you to try that a ton, but it's still nuts. Uh, It's absolutely incredible. I do want to correct one thing I said. Um, I said he didn't put any balls in jeopardy, right? He got lucky on the one tip. There was one. Yeah. Yeah. I I think he gets hit on that though. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, but like, as far as, Decision making, I thought it was really pretty damn good. LSU, there were no like, hey, threw it right to the LSU guy and the LSU guy drops it type, type stuff. That was really good. He seemed to have real command of the of the offense. Some of the audibles that I think he made, like I don't think he audibled every player like that, but I, I I do think that he has a real command of this offense. The legs are such a threat, right? Like you saw the couple times, uh, and it wasn't necessarily scrambling to run; it was scrambling to throw. I I got mm-hmm. that wrong in in. in in the pre-show, you know, really nice job there. I was, I was super impressed with what Jordan did. Um, Before we get to our three other points here real quickly, uh, didn't hit it at the top three simple ingredients, one fantastic product. And the Louisiana hot sauce is always uh, in absolutely integral cast being possible. And a big shout out to our good friend, Jeremy Carter and Tarpon Cellars wine. Jeremy's out in Napa right now going through harvest and uh, 
is kind of living and dying with every uh, every pass that he and he was watching on Sunday as well. And look forward to catching up with him uh, later. But do want to remind people of the coupon code uh, that is Nolcast, and that will get you twenty percent off any of the fine selections uh, that the great people at Tarpon Sellers make available. You know what we should do is like I was thinking about. I usually don't take time off during the football season because for obvious reasons, but I was thinking about maybe taking off the uh, SEC SOCON Challenge Week, which is where all the SEC teams play, like FCS opponents, you know, if FSU plays Louisiana. We could probably do some remote coverage from that if uh, if we wanted to take the girls out to out to Napa during that week. I, like the, I like emailed week Jeremy today. Yeah, I emailed him today asking what, a, what, what would be a good time uh, for us to – come out there and sample his wares. So that uh, I didn't know that calendar date was in play, but I will uh, let you know of what we come back with. It would be a hell of a time. One thing we do know is that we apparently know LSU's players better than some of the most famous LSU TV show slash podcast guys. Cause seems like it's a big surprise to them that their 18 year old five-star tackle might get bullied with some bull rush stuff, which I think FSU scouted this pretty well. I'm sure they watched all of the tape of that kid uh, playing high school, playing all-star games, playing all-star summer showcase events, and they might have seen something that maybe uh, maybe he was a little better handling speed rush than he was handling power rush, which, by the way, is exactly what we said, right? I was like, yeah, you know, Jared Verse, we'll see how many moves he has, but he does have that explode off the line with power move, and we'll have to see just at uh, first play. Boom. Just guys just knock back and he got put on his butt several times. Jared Verse ain't perfect yet, man, as far as technique, understanding where he needs to go. Some of the big runs, I think, were probably on him. Not all of them. I think sometimes you, you had a guy who needed a loop. But the disruption he caused was absolutely insane. And I think it affected LSU's play calling after a bit, too. They're like, oh, God, we, we really can't block this guy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it, look, I knew Verse would be really explosive. I knew there'd be plays where you're like, oh, was that a middle linebacker or, or was that a linebacker who made that play? No, uh, that, wait, that was the backside defensive end? I can't believe yeah. that. I didn't know this guy was going to be this explosive. I didn't – there's a play, and I'm sure you guys have probably seen it on social media. There's a play where he literally picks up and throws LSU's right tackle, almost similar to the Derwin James play against Florida six or seven years ago, whenever that was. I mean, that is a – that is a man who, again, I knew he'd be quick uh, off the line. I thought he could beat some people with speed. That's a guy that's got a level of power and force to him that is nuts. I mean, if he – I don't think he's going to continue to be rated as one of the better defense alignment in the country. Sure hope he is. Uh, but he introduced himself to the nation in uh, quite an emphatic way on Sunday. Yeah, the, there will be teams who have success against Verst, or Verst because they're going to do things that – he hasn't seen before or that confuse him or make him think a little bit. LSU didn't, and I'm not saying he's not a smart player or that he's not capable of thinking. I don't want to get that wrong, but he is new to playing at this level. But uh, if you're just trying to block him one-on-one, that's kind of tough for a lot of these guys, especially if you're an 18 year old freshman and you are not able to really hold up uh, bulk wise with him. Cause he is, he is that damn strong, man. That was, that was fantastic. I saw him get a lot of NFL draft love. Maybe it's a guy that, Gosh, I mean, I'm not saying he's going pro, but like you know, he would kill the combine, right? So I think we could be pretty confident of that at this point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Given like if you if you've seen the weightlifting clips, um, 
yeah, that's a guy who could do 30 reps. All right. Linebacker play you have on the list here? I, I know you were, you were extremely excited about the linebacker play, as was I. I think we can be confident that it is significantly improved. Uh, I mean, Bethune is just Best a since 14? Different, in, yeah, different ingredient there. Best since 15, certainly. Um, yeah, best since 14. Yeah. Because yeah, Telvin was on, Telvin was still there for, for 14, right? Telvin was there for 14. What was that? Telvin, Terrence. Uh, trying to think of who else was there. Wait, uh, no, Telvin was gone in in uh, in, in in thirteen. Okay, it was, it was Terrence Smith. Uh, the occasional appearance of Matthew Thomas. Yeah, MT six was running around every once in a while. Um, who else was that? Northrop. Young yeah, Northrop? that was maybe maybe that linebacking core wasn't that good. It was just some of my favorite players and personalities ever. Uh, now I think, uh, although Terrence Smith was a was a damn good ball player, and I, I really. Uh, was happy he had the career that he did at Florida State. All right. Uh, Northrop, Terrence Smith, Matthew Thomas were the top three linebacker tacklers. Jacob Pugh had seven tackles. And your linebacker yeah. stayed healthy as heck that year. I mean, they, they, to have your fourth backer only have seven tackles on the year is pretty uh, pretty impressive. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's a, it, I, I think you're right there. It, it You know, maybe – Maybe you've got the pieces to even exceed that unit uh, to an extent. So uh, Bethune's great. I'll tell you what, man, watching damn Kalen Deloach pull the pin is poetry in motion. I mean, that guy, when he makes his decision and figures out to the point he's running to, whew, that is a whole hell of a lot of fun to watch. And, and uh, you know, DJ Lundy has, has made the physical improvements that he has and was pretty, pretty badass to watch that kid score a touchdown as well. So, um, I'm excited about your linebackers. I think you can be fairly confident that you've got as good of a unit as you have had in quite a while around here. Got to see, I uh, got to see Rob Deloach catch up with him a little bit uh, at, at, at the hotel before the game. Uh, you know, known Rob for you know a while, obviously, because you know when 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 Kalen was recruiting. Uh, that's a dad that's done some serious parenting, man. He, I think he's got three kids uh, who are, are you know, went to college on uh, on scholarships and you know, graduated great grades and are. You know, either great athletes, some kind of pro sports, or you having a good, good time career now. One of them's a good ball player at VCU. Uh, yeah, Deloach is a Deloach is an impressive guy. He really is. I think oh. I think she I think the daughter ran. Uh, I forgot her name now. I think she ran track at, at Ohio State. I know, uh, or uh, something at Ohio State. It was I think it was track. I know. I think it was Ohio State. Yeah, my daughter runs track at Ohio State. My son plays football <laughs> at Florida State, and the other one's a ball player at VCU. Yeah, that's that's a. Uh, Quite the resume, sir. Well done. That's a travel schedule, man. Think about like like if you got three kids playing college ball at three different conferences. That's uh, at least you're not all, not all the schedules run concurrently, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um. Um. All right. So uh, I don't want to pile on, but you know, I I am concerned with uh, with where we are at defensive back, particularly with with Duke Cooper. Now, maybe it's just the expectation things, and you wanted to project that kid from the back half of last season uh, into being one of the better uh corners and in the conference and you know that hasn't taken place yet if it was just this game i don't think i'd even be having this conversation with you but i'd just say it was a guy maybe at the uh, end of the game that got a little over aggressive or you know lost some of his techniques and uh things but this is uh it's been going on long enough that it's a it's a little bit of a concern so uh we'll have to see where that is maybe it's a thing where 12 days of rest helps 
Maybe it's that you start to see different people in a rotation. I don't know. Uh, but you're certainly not getting anywhere near the level of play that you would have felt fairly confident you were going to get if we were to, you know, go back into the time machine and have this conversation in April or May immediately following spring practice. Totally agree with that, man. Totally agree. Uh, a couple more I just want, want to run through here before we end this show, and then we're going to probably take a five-minute break and start recording the next show, which will release uh, on uh, – we'll drop this one Thursday. We'll drop the next one Friday, I believe. So – on the rewatch, do you remember in the preview we discussed how they might try to do some of that UCLA stuff because of how undisciplined LSU's defensive front was against UCLA last year? I didn't actually know they were going to do that. Like, that's not insider info. I just figured, like, hey, given you have a, a very, very mobile quarterback and how poorly LSU handled that, um, they actually did do some of that stuff. I was I was excited to see it, right? I, I, UCLA ran that sort of like like same reduced uh, pulling guys into round. They ran obviously they didn't run it through span, but she ran it to do span. Uh, UCLA also ran a good amount of like power read and counter read in that game. We saw some of that at FSU here. They didn't hit a bunch of explosives on it, but they did pull some of this stuff out at times. And if nothing else, I think maybe it caused LSU's guys to be a little more hesitant on the next play, given that they just got red on on the prior play. Uh, I wonder how much more of that you would have seen had Mason Smith not got injured. You yeah. know, I mean, like he was, we should address this. Okay. For all the LSU fans making excuses out there, a lot of these excuses are nonsense. LSU is not as good of a team as, as I thought I thought they were. I think they're very talented. They're really not all that coordinated yet. And it's not saying like they're poorly coached. It's just they, they've not gelled as a team yet. And that was one of our questions we had in the pregame. I think it's why we thought this was a winnable game. I mean, you picked FSU to win. I picked 24-23 LSU. So I I missed it by a point on each side, unfortunately. Um, I wonder if you run more of that stuff and just try to read Mason Smith if he stays in the game because he was wrecking you in the first three plays. Like It was noticeable. And if Mason Smith stays in the game, I'm not really sure you win. Yeah, he, he like, did wreck you. He wrecked you enough to where... I think some of the base, some of the stuff that I talked about, what I thought you're going to try to do from a running schematic standpoint, you realized immediately after the first possession you weren't going to be able to do it, and you only saw that package I think once, either last play of the third quarter or first play of the fourth. I mean, you you just realized you weren't going to be able to yeah. do it, even when Smith was gone. You realized that your Smith was dinged up to a point where you weren't going to be able to get some of the some of the like I said in the preview, some of the blocks that look great on paper that you you think with this position and this angle you'd be able to execute, you just knew you weren't going to be able to do. And this kind of leads us nicely to our next point as well. But before we praise Alex Atkins, want to praise Matt Lewis and the team at Congruity HR. Uh, been with us for a, a long time, fantastic supporter. And uh, I can't tell you, between Matt Lewis and Shannon Young, the amount of feedback and positive feedback that I get from people is incredible. We are exceptionally selective with who we work with and we've been really fortunate with matt matt's a great guy i've talked about the fact that i moved my company over to him i think within hours of me being there uh i can't speak highly uh, or can't speak highly enough of congruity hr and the services they offer particularly if you're looking for help with either payroll or hr uh whether you want to shoot me a dm or email us to provide a third-party introduction or just go on their website congruity hr 
Com and browse and connect with Matt directly. Uh, I can assure you, you won't find a better partner. No doubt about it, man. I I, I was surprised. I, I wanted to just ask in one, in one of those bars on, on the other bar crawl. I was like, how many people have not used Matt Lewis or Shannon? Because like, I'm not really sure how many hands would go up. Right? It's like, oh yeah, I've got I've got two loans from Shannon. I I, I use Matt Lewis for for my payroll. Like it was just it it was pretty wild. But like it's it was Knowles supporting Knowles, right? And that was that was great to see. Um, also got a lot of people who are like, Hey, if we win this, should I donate to rising spirits? I, like, I mean, yeah, that's kind of the win that you'd want to get. Right. So I mean, Quigley was eager enough to throw his damn cell phone, a cell phone number out on the, uh, the instant reaction podcast there. So yeah. Oh my gosh. I went, so, okay. I went back and you guys have not it watched the, the instant. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't watch the Quigley part. I should have watched it. I, I, I did a quick check to see just, uh, just how good it was. Yes, exactly. That, that, um, was, that was my motivation in the quick check as well. Uh, I'm kind of surprised how many quality points we brought up in that instant reaction, given the uh, the, the the lateness of the hour. You know, it was uh, there's a lot of stuff we hit. Like, if you guys want to hear it, I thought our analysis of going for for, for the fourth down or kicking was actually, I think it actually holds up. It was good. I, yeah. I was real adamant that Florida State could have won by 10 or 17, depending <laughs> on uh, where we were it in the show. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. So uh, great times. Alex Atkins, man, you got one of the, you got, I just can't praise it enough. And and we'll, you know, talk about Roger Kearney in time and we'll see what happens there, but you got a dynamic recruiter and you got a guy that is a hell of a coach and that combination and a hell of a coach as far as instruction, practice work, uh, you know, work on the chalk, chalkboard and in-game adjustments. That's a hell of a combination, and uh, credit to the work done yet again. No doubt about it. I mean, that that was uh, that's a hell of a, a you know big time game debut for Alex Atkins calling that game. Um, and you know, calling that game, understanding your ability to block up front or inability at times, just depending on on the play and, and who you had in there, and understanding you don't have Harris, and you don't have Lyles. Those are two guys you're counting on to start. Really, really nice job there. Uh, defensively, I, I think that that the defensive staff deserves some praise, right? I like we've criticized them quite a bit for some of their recruiting. I think that's a valid criticism, and we don't shy away from that. However, we will also give them praise. I thought they called a really nice game. They had a game plan that I think everybody in the world realized they would use, and they, yet they were they, they didn't try to get too cute. They only blitzed on twenty five percent of snaps. They did bluff a lot of blitzes, and then they got out of there. Importantly here, they played a lot of two-deep coverage, a lot, a lot of split safety coverage, a lot of you ain't throwing it over our heads coverage, okay? And that really, really worked. Quiz for you. How many passes traveled more than 20 yards in the air for LSU? Not just completions, but just total throws. Two? One. One? Oh, Lord. Oh, wow. And only only seven passes traveled more than ten yards in the air. Not completions, attempts. Attempts. That's crazy. I mean that that, that LSU played everything within ten yards against. of line of scrimmage. Yeah, yeah. That's what you want. Mm. I mean that was that is really exactly like if you told if you told Adam Fuller right that hey man, LSU's only going to be able to attempt one pass of more than twenty yards in the air and only seven additional of ten plus. He'd be like, yeah, I'm going to need a minute. Like this is, or, or maybe a cigarette, right? Like that, that was, that was really a, a great plan by them. Um, look, in-game situations, 
on both offense and defense do need some work still. I didn't love the toss, not because it's a bad play. I just don't love it right there. And it's not even to me about the goal line situation. It's about how much time's left in the game and the value of a field goal even over the potential risk of a turnover. I want that ball in Jordan's hands or just a, a, a snap to a kid who played some quarterback in, in high school in a wildcat like, like Trayshawn. Somebody yep. who's taking a lot, taking a lot of, a lot of wildcat or you know, a lot of shotgun snaps and just run it straight ahead. A field goal there wins you the game. It's done. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough, man. I mean, there's no way to, you, you really got to make the bifurcated decision to, to take a word from the instant reaction from you as well. You got to, you decide whether or not you're just trying to run out the clock uh, or you're playing football. And uh, look, I was, I don't, I would prefer you just hand it off, but handoffs don't protect you either. I was at Grant field when a, Kid from Maris got his hat on Jeff Sims's or uh, uh, Ernie Sims's brother. What's his name? I'm sorry, I'm forgetting it. Uh, the running back. We fumbled on the goal line against Georgia Tech. I forgot. I'm embarrassed. I forgot. Marcus Sims. There we go. Um, I I wasn't in Raleigh, but I watched my one of <laughs> old old Mr. Jones, the tailback, and Christian Ponder fumble uh, fumble the ball uh, on the two yard line. I mean, there are. Bad things can happen down there. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, you limit uh, statistically what can go wrong when you don't pitch it. I wish you wouldn't have pitched it, but yeah, you know, if you're if you're playing to score, then there's an element to that where turnovers happen, unfortunately. So, I mean, it is just a question of risk tolerance, right? I mean, think about it. Like, I'll ask you a question: Would you throw the ball down there? Not with a clock uh, where it is. No, I wouldn't. I agree. Okay. So I, I mean, but because there, there's the risk of the clock stopping, right? There's also some risk that the ball is picked off. You know, I, it, it, it really, it, it's a question of risk tolerance. I, I, it's not a terrible play call, I guess. I just would rather, I'd rather yeah, you run. I, I agree like, completely. Take two whacks I, at it, you know, if you want with Jordan. Yeah. I will say that if you went into Wildcat and you fumbled, you'd have all the same complaints. You'd say you're giving sure. the ball to a kid who hadn't touched the ball the whole game. All of a sudden, you're having to run it back, make a read, uh, blah blah. You know, I mean, there there would be the same level of complaint, I think, to that. So, um, you know, the complaints are based on the outcome. I will say the play that they ran that on earlier in the game. Um, I, I think it only went for eight yards or something. It's one of the more impressive plays of the game. If you go back and you look at the push. And the way that some of Florida State's offensive linemen are just absolutely washing LSU's defensive line on that play, it's nuts. It's impressive. Now, doesn't have anything to do with what happened uh, where you ultimately put the ball on the ground, but you'd run the play before it worked well. Um, you know, it sounds like you won't see it again, but uh, bad things can happen down there. And unfortunately, for Florida State, they did. And fortunately enough, they got away with it. All right. Last thing here. This is, this is sort of a, a looking forward. FSU was 63% success rate on passing downs. Third down passing downs in particular. Yeah, yeah. All right. I'm happy to announce that if they can sustain this, they will be the best third down passing down situation team in the history of the sport of football, which is great. I mean, like, obviously, that, that's, that's the goal. You want to be 20% better than an Alabama team that that had, you know, Tua and three first round receivers and like four NFL linemen. 
Last year, Bama was at 41%. Okay. Last year, FSU was at 30.2%. And Bama's Jordan 41% was best in the nation, just yes. as a, a point of reference. Yeah. Yeah. So you are, again, this game, you're 63%. Bama, 41%. This is like such an outlier statistically to do this in a game of this magnitude that I, I do find myself asking, for evaluation purposes going forward, not to discredit what they did, obviously, because they played their butts off and they deserve the win. You need to be much better on standard downs here so that you're avoiding having that, like having the number of longer down and distance situations that you did. What you did is not entirely repeatable, in my estimation, for that level of success. We know that turnovers, even though there's a luck component, they are more likely to occur when you're in negative leverage situations. FSU must do a better job going forward of avoiding negative leverage situations, right? That probably means trying to hit some more explosives on early downs because you did try to be, I found the game plan appropriate, but also somewhat conservative at times on early downs. And they were not lucky that Jordan bailed them out. They were just fortunate that he did so. with, And there were some really good play calls to assist him in doing that. You will not sustain this, okay? There will be games, if they continue to put themselves in this many negative leverage situations, that we get on here for the instant. We're like, well, yeah, man, they had, you know, they had nine third and longs. That's just not, that's not a way to win a ball game. Like, Jordan can be the most improved player in the nation. They still won't, FSU won't be 41% in that category this year, much less 63. They just won't with their personnel. They got to do a better job on early downs. If you want me to nitpick something and not just be, you know, Homer here, that's the thing I got to nitpick. Run game yep. really wasn't that great against LSU. You know, got, got to stay yep. ahead of the chains a little more early downs. Yep. Final parting comment. We had a couple emails, a couple DMs, uh, and I'm not trying to chide anybody or anything else. As a fan base, let's just leave the Travis Hunter talk alone. I mean, I got a lot of emails like, oh, what do you think Travis Hunter thought of while he was watching this game? One, I don't think kids watch these games to the extent that people think they do like at all. I mean, a kid might've watched five or 10 minutes of the game, maybe watched every second of it. I'd be pretty shocked Two makes us look small as hell. Travis Hunter made a decision. Best of luck to him. He's playing defensive back for Deion Sanders. That's a decision that he made. I can understand that decision best to him. I, I don't want to have a Travis Hunter referendum every other week on their show or something like that. Good luck to him. I don't plan on talking about Travis Hunter a whole lot more. 100%. Yeah. It's just not, not something I need to talk about every episode. Maybe he transfers next year, right? Maybe he has an awesome career at Jackson state. Good for him. I, I always like talking to him, you know, like I'm not like DMing him all the time or like that. Like when I, when I see him, I enjoy talking to him. So, yeah. uh, I think that'll probably wrap it. And Ingram, I'll talk to you again in about 10 minutes and people will hear that conversation come Friday till then. Always appreciate the support. This has been the Nolcast.